Mr. Mourinho, how nice of you to come in. As you know, we've let Mercy Pochettino go just this morning, and we'd really like to have a replacement ready to go very soon. Ice to meet you. That is not how I expected you to sound. Um, well, I guess the last few months have been tough on you. Right. You want to know how I got these scars? Roman Abramovich. He was a drinker and a fiend. One night he goes out crazier than usual. Drogba grabs a kitchen knife to defend himself and he doesn't like that. Not one bit. So me watching, he takes the knife to Didier. Laughing while he does it, he turns to me and he says, Why so serious? He comes at me with the knife. Why so serious? Let's put a smile on that face. Uh, yeah, yeah, all smiles here now that Potch is drawn. Uh, righto, uh, as you can see, Josie, we have a beautiful stadium. Some great AV tech. The fans really love it. They've been really loud recently. I bet you'll love managing here if you agree to take the job. Theatricality and deception are powerful agents of the uninitiated. But we are initiated, aren't we, Daniel? Members of the League of Shadows. Coming down League of Shadows? Is that like the Champions League? No, I am the League of Shadows. And I'm here to fulfill Harry Redknapp's destiny. Oh, you think darkness is your ally? But you merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man, and by then it was nothing to me but blinding. The shadows betray you, because they belong to me. Okay, um, that's that's a bit dark, but let's can work with that, Jose. Um, if you were hired, what do you intend to say to the players on your first day? My dear penguins. Penguins? We stand on a great threshold. It's okay to be scared. Many of you won't be coming back. Thanks to Batman, the time has come to punish all God's children. First, second, third, and fourthborn. Why be biased, male and female? Hell, the sexes are equal with their erogenous zones blown sky high. Forward march. The liberation of Gotham has begun. Um, that's... Weirdly sexual there, Jose. Really can't believe that made it into the movie. Is that it was for kids, wasn't it? Uh, and, um, so why do you think you could do a better job than Mercy Pochettino? Pochettino thought he could be a decent man in an indecent time, but he was wrong. The world is cruel, and the only morality in a cruel world is chance. Unbiased, unprejudiced, fair. Look at this coin. Spurs have the same chance Manchester United or Chelsea had. 50-50. Uh, Jose, we, we were really hoping for better than 50-50. Whittle me this. I can start a war or end one. I can give you the strength of heroes or leave you powerless. I might be snared with a glance, but no force can compel me to stay. What am I? <laughs> a madman? Love. I'm just really glad you didn't go with Catwoman. Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Sasha. I'm Caleb. And I'm Notch. This week, we're thankful for all the MLS drafts that we can't remember. We're thankful for a weird year in the Bundesliga because we can't remember who's on top, who's second, who's third, because not the usual suspects. And we're thankful that Jose Mourinho is back on the sidelines to entertain us. 
Christmas season is here. I, uh, you're sitting next to my Christmas tree at the moment, and um, it, it begs the question: Do you guys decorate for the holidays? Yeah, I personally don't, but my house is decorated during the holidays magically. Yes. Santa comes and does it. But my wonderful wife usually. She's Santa. I, I usually try to help. Wait, does she like have all the toys then already? Because I, I would like to, you know. Ask. She's hiding them well. I haven't found any toys okay. anywhere. But what about the reindeer? Can we take a ride in the like? No. Okay. Gas mileage for that is really not good. Yeah, Greta it's, Thunberg would not no, be approving of Santa's sleigh. It's slay, really not no. bringing at all. No. Sasha, do you decorate for the holidays? Yeah, it was, like, it was a very ritualistic when growing up with the family, and now my roommates do almost all the decorating for Halloween. But the problem is that they appreciate Halloween more than Christmas, so they decorate like the Krampus came to town on ah. Christmas. There's ghost blood all over the walls. No, no. I just want to point out that before we moved back in July, our Christmas tree was still up from last year. Nice. So it was up until like June that we packed it, and it probably will stay up a long time as, I mean, as well. If if you expected Santa to go from house to house, it would probably take him until June. To yeah. Deliver I mean, all the toys. Also, I wanted up for Christmas in July. Also, I mean, like the labor conditions for Santa are pretty bad. So, like, oh, yeah, I mean, he needs Bernie basically to help him out. <laughs> the, and the, the labor is bad. The gas mileage is terrible. Like, it's terrible for the environment. He probably doesn't get paid a lot. And no, if he gets hurt on the job, who's going to give him workers? I don't think those toys are very, are biodegradable either. Those are no, yeah. no, no, no. Lots I, of plastics. Right. Whoever's employing Santa needs to really take a long, hard look at. I think themselves. Santa's self-employed though. Ooh, that's even worse. Yeah, he has his own... He's like to run the business. What does it say about our capitalist society when people like Santa are forced into the jobs that they have produced for themselves? You know? Really? That's a different podcast, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) You're uh, listening to Pod Save America with me, John Favreau. Advocating Uh, union rights for mythical creatures. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) There we go. Uh, (laughs) Wait, Santa ain't real? (laughs) What? No, global warming is a real threat to Jack Frost. We should talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. deforestation for the Krampus? Come on. And all the Santa... Ours, man. No, he didn't go. He's scary. <laughs> I don't like him. I, I I have been trying to decide which uh Christmas beloved Christmas movie we are gonna do a sketch for of because last year we did It's a Wonderful Life with It's a Wonderful Lagos and we got it. So so you guys need to come up with some ideas because in, in a week or two we're gonna need to do that sketch. Oh God. Um, Hopefully we get some pressure. Lose it within two weeks. Right. Yeah. Uh, hey, speaking of losing, uh, we lost. Another member of our podcast, sadly, this week. Uh, Producer Nick decided that he needs to focus on his education. He's going to be doing some coding work in school next year, uh, focusing on his real-life goals, so he's going to be busy. The guy, I mean, has a packed life. To be perfectly honest, a year ago, I wasn't sure how he picked up the producing gig for our show, but he did a great job, and he's decided he needs to focus on other things, so more power to him. Uh, We never did figure out if the championship is a game or a league. And we never will. And we never will. So, hey, um, I, I've been asked by Sasha to hit the bell. Oh, oh no. Here's the conspiracy time. Oh, God. <laughs> Nick went off to Disney World. He didn't come back. The Nick we've been interacting with is some robot that Disney has sent back here <laughs> to compromise our podcast. And the first thing he does, quits. That, that would be like a Putin-esque plot, like <laughs> sowing discord. Yeah. <laughs> He would do more harm than good if you stayed on the podcast. If he was an animatronic evil Disney <laughs> robot, I just want to point that out there. You think he, there. he's one of those like presidents robots from uh, the presidents like a room or whatever that's like come to life, and like he got Nick, he cut Nick's face off and put it like it's like Trump's robot with like Nick's face on it. So 
<laughs> too dark. Too dark. the one line. If the real Nick can hear this broadcast, we will get you eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, flights to Orlando though right now are kind of pricey. We're gonna wait till after the holidays. I mean, <laughs> I, I, like, we have to look wait till like next year's schedule to see if we're even going over there. So. Yeah, 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 exactly. Why don't you yeah, be playing Orlando over there? Yeah. All right, two, one bell down, two more to go in this episode. We'll see when those uh, next bell segments come up. Uh, let's let's move on to our first segment of the show called. The championship. But the championship is a game. Oh, producer Nick. Oh, we've got to change that segment name now soon. Uh, but anyway, is it a game? Is it a league? No, it's a segment where we discuss America's top leagues, the NWSL and MLS. First off, MLS has a new conference alignment, as you were just hinting at. Uh, all the teams will no longer play all the other teams at least once. In fact, there might be a chance that you don't play three teams at all through the season unless you like happen to meet them in the M- well, you can't meet all of them in the MLS Cup what would be that three on three MLS Cup that would be pretty crazy <laughs> that'd be awesome yeah, right <laughs> just like players like hello Don Garber I have an idea for you <laughs> six goals on the pitch like people just going nuts um they the tickets right it would be the hacks though right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah Don Gaff, if you're listening Don Gaff, if you're listening and you can find Hillary's emails he doesn't know what Don Gaff is <laughs> no um but hey so anyway Nashville has been put into the west inexplicably Inter-Miami is in the east and more inexplicably yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, this way Nashville doesn't get to face, like, Atlanta, which is their closest team geographically, I believe. And, and like, their biggest rival now. Exactly. According to Joseph Martinez, which is weird. Yeah. Maybe he just really didn't like the logo. I mean, I can't blame him. Yeah. It's really bad. It is. It is. Joseph I'm- Martinez legendary critic of MLS logos but um, <laughs> just, just, to, just to finish the point real quick so I, I get get yeah. the, the new format out there we'll continue to have a 34 game regular season with 17 home matches 17 away matches every team will play their 12 intra-conference opponents twice once home and once away this is as usual and for a total of 24 matches and the other 10 regular season matches will come against the opposite conference uh, now you will remember that each conference has 13 teams. So if you're only playing 10 games against the other conference, that's three teams that you're not facing. Uh, Sasha, there are some obvious issues with this plan. Could you tell us what they are? Well, then going into playoffs, standings are kind of skewed, aren't they? Right? You're not necessarily like you could end up not having to face a very strong team, or you end up benefiting from facing three weaker teams. And getting points and getting higher in the standings. Yeah, uh, you're be fighting up for a playoff spot, and your last three games are against Columbus, Cincinnati, and Orlando. And the other teams' games are against Atlanta, New York, and Toronto. New York. Yeah. <laughs> like it's really stews what it brings out a whole another, uh, I guess, um, factor in scheduling, which is the strength of schedule. Right. We didn't have the harder schedule. It's not really anything we've dealt with in the past. And there, are, there have been enough question marks with the unbalanced schedule, um, playing uh, your conference rivals only once. Mm-hmm. Um, there are enough question marks on the supporter shield through that. So this adds a whole other wrinkle. I think it's personally, I think it's going to affect the lower playoff teams. I think the ones at the top of the playoffs spots in either conference will be clear enough. Like it won't be like, oh, if you'd only face Seattle, LA, and LA, you would be. You know, it wouldn't be that, but like the seventh place team, the sixth place team, the mm-hmm. fifth place team, the ones that are like, you know, two points above the playoff line, 
that could be those two points could be the difference between playing Atlanta United and not playing Atlanta United. Yeah. So uh, this is pretty horrible. I hope it um, doesn't go through. Uh, Rob Roy on Twitter suggested a three conference playoff uh, where or three conference system where you play people in your conference twice and the other teams in the other two conferences once, which I, I think would be better than what we have. Now. Yeah, there, there's, there's enough teams for a central conference now. Yeah. Especially next year with Austin coming to the lead. I, I vote personally, I vote for either an expanded schedule or um, MLS two and MLS one. That would be my suggestion. Hey, uh, speaking of promotion and relegation, one of the concerns people have with that is that it would scupper the value of clubs if they were relegated. Uh, you will remember that when Minnesota United went to MLS, our expansion fee was about $110 million. Guess what? We now have a valuation for one of MLS's newest teams. Because Meg Whitman, former tech executive Meg Whitman, bought a 20% stake in FC Cincinnati for... A hundred million dollars. That means you multiply that by five. That's the value of FC Cincinnati, which is five hundred million dollars. It's, it's five hundred million. Oh, you already said it. I was doing yeah, math sorry. in my head. That's, I, that's I, I'm I'm in the Yang Gang now. Math is kind of my thing. You know, I'm ex- I'm embracing my Asian heritage. So yeah. Um, don't look at me like I said something wrong. I am actually Asian. No, okay? uh, just being part of the Yang Gang is dumb. Okay, okay. That was the judgmental look. Yeah, it wasn't no. Like you're not Asian. No. I know you know like Indians are like oddly defensive of that one. Like I did not know that actually. Yeah, because like over here, y'all refer to Asians only as like a racial group, whereas Mm -hmm. like if you speak in India, Asians are like the people from Asia. So like Russians are Asians, you know? Like yeah, well some of them at least. Um, But yeah, so it's it's kind of like one of those things. That's why I was I judged. No, yeah, and I was judging you for. Completely valid reason. Okay, yeah. With so, the yang gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nonsense. Gang gang. No, yeah, exactly. Nonsense is true. Okay, <laughs> so, single issue candidate. Very strange. Anyway, that's again back to Pod Save America with me, John Favreau. Okay, um, <laughs> back to uh, the championship. So, $500 million to the worst franchise in MLS <laughs> yet. Right. So, so far. Yeah. Yeah. So, the so Nationals are right on, way on their way. <laughs> I don't know, man. Miami hasn't found a coach yet. That's true. Yeah. So at this point, if Cincy in Cincinnati is worth 500 mil, you got to wonder how much LAFC is worth. You know? Um, like 505. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know crap about this kind of thing. No, like, I've not, I've not worked in like mergers and acquisitions or anything, but like, I'm saying like a billion dollars. I'm going to guess those YouTube, like, uh, you know, Google, whatever alphabet company, those pockets are pretty deep. Right. So. So that they they'll they'll buy it. Um, MLS also wants to expand to Charlotte. Per reports, these have been denied, but we'll find out by the end of the week. Uh, Chicago Fire rebranded. We'd uh, talked about the trademark filing, but uh, just the the week later, which we were off, they came out with their horrible <laughs> new logo. I think a lot has been said. So, any quick takes about it? Um, it's if it's Vancouver Whitecaps and RSL had had their own minor league team that they shared. That's the Chicago Fire logo. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the fire. It's like a generic logo that you find in like PES. Yeah, or before you download the logo patch in a, a football manager, that's what like yeah one of the logos is. Okay, I'm gonna hit the bell, guys. All right, so I gotta take just a quick minute to talk about the New England Revolution logo because anytime any sh- any MLS team rebrands, it's like oh, well, New England Revolution should also do it. Ha <laughs> ha! Guess what? New England Revolution logo is even better than the Chicago Fire logo. I'm going to die on a hill here. 
This is what my segment is going to be week, week after week. The hill I die <laughs> on. Okay, this week I'm dying on the hill that the New England Revolution logo is good. It is great. It is one of the best things about MLS branding. Have you looked at it? It's gorgeous. It, it's like the single most unique like crest in American soccer, in world soccer. It's like the streetwear logo and all streetwear logos. You could put that on like a, the back of a Supreme jacket, like sew it onto like a Canada or like spray paint it on a Canada goose down parka and it would be fucking beautiful. All right. And I would be proud to wear the New England Revolution logo all over myself every day all right and that's the hill i'm gonna die on this week it's pretty funny first tattoo um so you want to spray paint an american flag down a deuce down a canadian deuce jacket you really have become american it's ironic that was the final test (laughs) (laughs) um do you want rebuttals or not if if you care to yeah let's trade for like a mls street in the 90s but otherwise it needs update is it unique? Yeah. Is it unique to always good? No. <sighs> I'm not going to go a little of hyperbole that you did. I actually do. Th- I agree with you that I think it's good. Not great, but I think it's good. It's distinct. It And I, it, it, it fits with them. I, you know, it, which you, you really can't say with that Chicago logo. <laughs> yeah, it I feel really like it fits be- with New England. It <laughs> looks like Robert Kraft just like spilled something on his nap. He's like, oh, here's your logo. <laughs> and it really fits their stadium, which is also terrible for them. So <laughs> you, you mentioned good, not great, but kind of fits them, you know, and all those things. That could also be said about FC Cincinnati's new jersey that's been revealed. Their quote-unquote heritage link kit, which, uh, which uh, the, they're linking themselves to their, you know, extensive five years of heritage through this I mean, white jersey. There was no Skyline Chili at all on this on this jersey so how can they call it heritage right just just get like learn your roots FC Cincinnati <laughs> they, they should get all their jerseys and just like spill chili all over them so every jersey is unique <laughs> that's the heritage link when they, st- when they store they just throw shredded cheddar up in the air <laughs> yeah <laughs> God. all right uh, hey let's move into a sub segment called the transfer Get that transfer ticket as you get off the bus because you're going to a different team. Um, RSL removed the interim tag of head coach Freddy Juarez. I'd forgotten that RSL needed an interim coach and the fact that that interim coach took them to the conference semifinals. Pretty incredible. Yeah, Good good for Freddy. He did really well, especially considering where the organization was when uh, Petty left, kind of in disarray, and he kind of righted the ship. They made the playoffs, and yeah, they played really well. Inter Miami have signed AJ De La Garza and Luis Robles. RIP everybody's alternative to Vito Manone at MNUFC. Yeah, seriously. Uh, great signings by them. Um, is one of them going to be player coach? Do they still need one of those yet as a coach? They don't have a head coach yet. They was it like six or eight weeks ago or two months ago? They said, we have, we'll have one lined up very soon. And that was, again, eight weeks ago. That's, I mean, that's very a whole... soon is not... Eight weeks. It's like, oh, tomorrow. 60 to 90 days, Caleb. 60 to 90 days. <laughs> hey, Atlanta have acquired former Liverpool wunderkind Brooks Lennon from RSL. I'm looking at you. Yeah, I, <laughs> he never played for Liverpool. He was like in their academy for a while. Was that, uh, but yeah, from RSL, uh, played quite a bit, uh, moved from right wing closer to right back. Everybody uh, says he has more potential. Yeah, but you can only say that about a youngster for so long until they just don't reach it. Uh, Nashville have acquired Dominic. Baji, 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 baji. Oh, 
from FC Dallas. A uh, guy who scored, what, seven goals last year? No, he's a striker. Come on. You need to do better, Nashville. Colorado have signed free agent Drew Moore. Seems like they needed more players. <laughs> I think this is like one of the best signings so far of the window. Uh, great defensive depth for their young back line. They have uh, Austin Trusty. Tr- Trusty. Yeah, Austin Trusty and uh, Lalas Bubutar back there as their starting center backs. And Drew Moore can fill in really well. Isn't he him returning to this club though? Drew Moore? Yeah. He might be. Yeah, I, 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 I remember he was, he was like he was there for a good stint in the early 2000s. He was. Yeah. He was. Yeah. yeah, I think they also re-signed Austin Trusty recently and um yeah, 2009-2015 Drew Moore, Colorado Rapids before he went off to Toronto. Yeah. So I think it's a really good pickup by them uh bringing a guy back to the notes of the club and also some great depth for their young center back to uh kind of mentor them as they go through MLS. Hey, Fafa Picot has moved from Philadelphia to FC Dallas. This is a good pickup, I think. Um, he's, Fafa had one of his best years for Philadelphia, and now he's off to Dallas. Where he's going to be one of the older players. Also, probably should be starting on the left wing day in, day out for them. I, I, I really, really appreciate Fafa Picot's progress because he used to be, you know, at the Was he at, like, Fort, Fort Lauderdale, Lauderdale? Strikers. Yeah. Um, and NASL so to see him succeed it makes me very happy Cincinnati have acquired Saad Abdul Salam from the MLS re-entry draft uh, player on the fringes of Seattle domestic fullback yeah so you can't you know go terribly wrong with that so uh, all, I, I think another guy who's capable of more he used to be at uh, SKC for a while he was getting strong minutes for them for a little bit last couple of years they've kind of tapered off spent some time at NYCFC spent some time in Seattle uh, needs a place where he can get back to starting ways let's see if that's um, uh, Cincinnati Cincinnati Toronto in the stage two of the re-entry draft uh, after since he picked up Abdul Salam Toronto picked up Juan Agadello who left the revolution this is a good pickup yeah, I think so too. Uh, there were rumors where Toronto wanted to sign Mario Balotelli. Not really any truth to that. And I think Ardello will complement Altidore very well. Uh, we should talk about stage one of the um, re-entry draw. For four players were picked, uh, including Eric Miller, uh, who was uh, selected by the wa- Nashville. By the Nashville. By the Nashville. By the Nashville Sound, which should be their name. Right, Nashville Sound. But it's not. It's uh, just so Nashville. He'll be joining former teammate Abu Danladi in Nashville, who was picked up in the... Did we talk about the expansion draft? We did, yes. Yes, I remember. It was the day that the expansion draft happened. So yeah, he'll be joining Abu over there. Um, Inter-Miami picked Mikey Ambrose, uh, Atlanta United, uh, former player. He's uh, played in 25 matches. People said it was a pretty good pick uh, by Inter-Miami. Also, SKC picked up Richard Sanchez while the Red Bulls picked up Kendall McIntosh. All right. Hey, uh, one bit of rumored transfer news. Alan Pulido, former Mexican national team player, guy who's been around Europe, plays in Liga MX, uh, used to actually, just left Chivas, has said he's most likely going to MLS. There are important teams that want me there. Hmm. So Minnesota, right? We're important. We said important teams. So, yeah. Cincinnati. Montreal. I mean, there are five worth five hundred million, so that's pretty important. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, by the way, let's get back to the championship. Where uh, last week there was a strategic partnership announced between Scottish Premiership side Aberdeen and uh, Atlanta United. Hmm. 
Atlanta are investing two million in the Scottish club, and Darren Eels, the Atlanta United president, now sits on the Aberdeen board. Hmm. Inter- interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of random Ab- situation. In Scotland, for those who might know, it's not really. It's kind of a two-team t- race, but really, it's only one-team race. The Celtic at the top, Rangers or whatever iteration of Rangers it is, usually behind them, and then it's kind of a mess of like Aberdeen. Hearts with you up there, Hibernian. Um, if this can boost Aberdeen to a contest to contesting through the top three every single year, that's good, that's good for them and good for Atlanta too. Further, I hope it sucks investment. money away from Atlanta United and uh damages their best players. That would be my hope for this. There are two takes everything, so <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Vancouver White Caps coach Mark Dos Santos has been issued an undisclosed fines for calling or, or rather implying Major League Soccer was a Mickey Mouse League. Here's his quote Players at the top level, they have three weeks, one month maximum on break. He's referring to the offseason break for teams that don't make the playoffs. I'm telling you, three months and a half of a break in a soccer season is Mickey Mouse. It's amateur, it doesn't happen in the world. Your reaction, Sasha, to these horrific comments from Mark Dos Santos. I mean, if he's arguing on behalf of the players, I mean, credit to him. But really, come on. Like, every league is as strenuous. And, like, an MLS, like, we're competing. Like, if we want to be competing with the top leagues, you have to realize those players in the Premier League and La Liga, they burn themselves out. They go through multiple injuries and they have to, they destroy the cartilage in their knees. And so, and sadly, that's just the reality of professional sports. And especially when when we're talking about this worldwide sport, well, start players more more of time to rest and recover. That that'd be good, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, I I think that they should actually institute a um, all team playoff so everybody makes the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, playoffs are good, right? Everyone likes the playoffs. Let's just have everybody make it. You know. Uh, um, <laughs> no, your wall of participation trophies makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and wait, with the top like seven teams from each conference of the playoffs make it into the playoff playoffs? There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is, I like the system. Hey, let's go into a subsegment. Don't look back in anger. In this segment, we discuss Minnesota United and look forward, not back. So, uh, Loon's... Our loons, we selected goalkeeper Greg Ranjit Singh in the first uh, re-entry draft. I think that was on the waivers, if I'm not mistaken. What, 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 where, what kind of... Uh... I, think, I think it was the first re-entry draft. Was it Sage I'm pretty sure. re-entry? It was... There's so many freaking drafts. I, I think we need a draft of drafts so teams decide which drafts I mean, they we, want to participate <laughs> in. We had one of those in our first year. In yeah. drafted priority or whatever it was. Oh my god. This is ridiculous. But anyway, we, we got Greg Ranjit Singh, who's a uh, Trinidadian Canadian, and he played on the same high school team as Dane Sinclair. He graduated, it was Notre Dame Catholic, and um, Pickering, Ontario, which is near Toronto, I believe. And uh, he played, he's also a goalkeeper, and he graduated, I believe, right as Dane was starting school. So, kind of cool. Dude is... Um, Former Louisville City, he won the title, USL title with Louisville City. Two years in a row. And uh, solidly our third place choice. Um, not going to be challenging Dane, who, by the way, is training with Aston Villa. Yeah, that was reported by Jeff Reuter on a week or so ago. And you also can tell on his, uh, on Dane's Instagram stories, he's been in England. He's been to a couple of Premier League games. 
Doesn't look like it's a trial. It's just him uh, just training. Uh, the story was that they uh, Aston Villa and Miss United like made some friends when they were over here, and you know, a good. I don't know the word is relationship. Yeah, emerged for both teams and players from our side turned over there and trained. And Dane took him up on that offer. It is. I, I hear also that security guard who snatched that jersey away is also training at Aston Villa's ground in security <laughs> techniques. So, um, if they want the best security, they should send him to Bundesliga where this fire's breaking out. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, Jeff Ruder also broke the news that uh, Vito Manone has been offered a huge new contract that would make him the highest paid goalkeeper in MLS. Caleb wanted to fight me on this, so because <laughs> I have expressed the view that this was a great fucking idea. No. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a there's a number where it's wonder if it's too high for a goal t- for a goalkeeper. Was Vito the main reason that our defense team won the best in the league? No, I think it was more towards Ike and Ozzy coming in. I think more Botchel having the best season of his career. I think it's more because Roman came on and became one of the best defensive right backs in the lead. Um. Vito won the MLS World Cup of the Year, yes, but it was a relatively weak year for goalkeepers in this league. And also, it's kind of surprising that he won it. Everyone kind of thought Bill Hamid, and maybe Bill Hamid was nicer to his his teammates, he would have won it. Um, I don't know if Vito, giving all this money to Vito right now is the best thing for this team going forward. All right, let me let me give you a couple of counterpoints, then we can move on. Um, Vito... Is part was part of that defense that turned around a defense that had been the worst in the league two years in a row. Like, yeah, yeah. sure, we concede, we didn't concede as many goals as what was it, Orlando or whatever that second year. But Orlando, like, yeah, come on. Um, and yes, there were other pieces that worked, but guess what? All those other pieces are coming back. So either we can throw them in with a goalkeeper that they don't know have to get used to, may not marshal the defense as well as Vito, who, by the way, is a very vocal, very organized keeper in terms of working with the defense. Or we can bring back the guy we know works. Also, when you have that certainty in the back line, uncertainty elsewhere on the pitch, which guess what? We have a lot of uncertainty at striker, uncertainty at wing, um, matters less. So when you're in that situation where you have to, when, when you have uncertainty elsewhere on the pitch and you want to like nail down this certain thing over here, you got to pay for that. And I know we have not... We have very occasionally spent the big bucks. So this kind of seems like a big move. But I think I would also take into account that um, you've been seeing big name goalkeepers come back into fashion after like some spectacular failures. You know, you got Tim Howard, Brad Gazan um, recently. And also there's been a huge appreciation in, infl- in player inflation as well in the last couple of years. So. Yeah. I think in retrospect, this will be seen as more of like a reasonable move than the kind of, whoa, crazy thing that it sounds like right now. Okay. I also have a couple points, honestly, supporting your argument. I didn't want to say them until you were... But uh, if he does, if this does go through and he does it signed as the highest paid goalkeeper, it won't last very long. Meaning, meaning that another goalkeeper will be signed for hire very soon after that. Whether it's Brad Gazan or someone who's going back from overseas, it's going to happen. Um, LAFC just you know Tyler Miller's I think just gone so they need a goalkeeper to happen there um, also do you think he takes it? Ooh, do you he's think, getting interested like, from, from Serie A that's yeah. his home country he's in the from the championship a lead he's known he knows very well 
in England. It's it's it's, the, it's a very serious question. Even though if we offer him all this money, does he take it? He'd probably take that money in Europe right now. Yeah, it's really. And then if we don't get him, is there a plan B? And who is that? Yeah, I. Uh, and is our plan B the same as plan D, S, and C? Because oh, we, we there needs to be a stopgap between now and when Dane St. Clair is ready because he's not ready right now. Well, and, and the other thing that I, I think about is that if you have someone who's not clearly better than St. Clair, he's going to get miffed sitting on the bench. Whereas with right. a Vito Manone in front of him, you he can't be like, you know, what is it in a FIFA? Hey, boss, I want to get played as like a you know, like 40 ranked keeper wants to play in a championship <laughs> match. <laughs> you're like, Champions League. Oh, you're still here. I thought I released you last year. Oh, um. <laughs> No, no. So, um, I, yeah, I think I think you're right. I, I I also think like you know you're talking about short term solution. I don't think Vito would stay here no. forever. So no, anyway, I think two years, three years max. Speaking of big name players, Criterio, a uh, Spanish language outlet, has reported that Minnesota United might bring in Pachuca striker uh, Franco Yara, who his gameplay style is consistent goals with a lot of build-up play, but he is quite short, and he's getting up there in years. So, uh, 31, 5'11", we'll has 59 goals and 139 appearances for Pachuta. Yeah, but we'll see if that ever becomes true. Hey, Mason Toy was uh, voted one of the best uh, 22 young players, 22 under 22, in MLS. He came in at, uh, what was it, number 14? Yeah, 14th. And, uh, I mean, they kind of called him out for it. They, they, they highlighted his, his play against uh, LAFC and his goals, but then said he needs to step it up if he wants consistent playing time. And so I'm like, it's kind of bittersweet. And to add insult to injury, the 13th spot was given to a 17-year-old, uh, Alf, Alfrian Alvarez? Am I saying that correct? Efren. Efren uh, Alvarez, yeah. Uh, from LA Galaxy. So. Well, I think Efren Alvarez is actually a really good player. Yes. And has he declared one way or the other between Mexico and America? Uh, I, think I think he went Mexico. Right? Yeah, Mexico? he did. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, no, because I mean, he's good enough to play, or he's too good to play. <laughs> you want more of a want to spin it? The team. Self-loathing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He he went Mexico. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, Mason Toy. I don't know what they're talking about. With uh, he has to do better if he wants to start. Who's in front of him right now? Yeah. That's <laughs> seriously. Unless <laughs> for attackers, it's one name. That's Mason Toy. Right. Uh, and then a the question mark. And then Thomas. <laughs> well, that's as, it. <laughs> as usual, uh, they're not signing anybody just yet. I don't expect anything to till February because you know this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. There we go. All right, hey, uh, <laughs> let's get back to the championship. I have spoken. <laughs> where we have just <laughs> you sign your hot, sign your cold. So the greeter calls Jerky. He's like, "Hey, Jerky, do you have this comment on this rumor? No comment." Are you sure? I have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I uh, hey, um, should mention some NWSL news back in the championship. Uh, Olympic Lyon um, is in negotiations to buy Rain FC. Hmm. Hmm. That'd be huge for Rain FC. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the biggest women's teams in Europe. Uh, home to Ada Hagerberg. Yes. Uh, Ada Hagerberg. Uh, Lucy Bronze, who was third in the... Uh, Ballon d'Or Feminine, um, bunch of other great players. So I, I could list them here. But anyway, um, this was the team that Collins says the best team in the world. So uh, I, you, you, to have their presence in the NWSL would be pretty big. Um, so we'll see what happens. I will keep reporting on that. Also should mention the Ballon d'Or Feminine did go to Megan Rapinoe. A lot of quote-unquote alpha males on the internet are very upset about this. Uh, 
I will point out to you, the Ballondor criteria includes, quote-unquote, class, which includes career, uh, or which includes talent and fair play, and also their entire, the player's entire career is in the judgment criteria, not just what they did in the past year. Which, by the way, if you look at what Megan Rapinoe did in the past year, in Europe, in France, uh, by the way, Ballondor, get handed out by France football, uh, in France was the joint top scorer of the World Cup. Yeah, and... All these alpha males didn't butt hurt over Major Pino winning don't I would guess are just mad about her comments about the president and don't give a shit about the ball under. Oh, I, I mean, they're all people who don't really care about women's football anyway. Awarded only because of news. Bah, 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 bah. Why didn't they ask her to twerk? It's like, oh come on. Remember what's the last year that Oh god. Yeah. Radio, that's, yeah. Martin Solveig, damn. Used to make good music, but oh yeesh. Um hey, a bit of USL news. Tim Howard was asked has taken over as the general manager of USL's Memphis 901. He's part of the ownership group there. All right, let's take a break here. We shall return with more We Call It Soccer. Welcome back to We Call It Soccer. Our first segment after the break is called... They call it football. Every football team will be playing football several times and in various combinations. They might have come up with the word, but the English didn't call it soccer. And in this segment, we talk about football from the United Kingdom. First up, Liverpool 2, Brighton Hove Albion 1. Caleb, you must be very happy. Sure. You yeah, look nervous. Totally, yeah, absolutely. Why did you break out in a sweat as soon as I mentioned Liverpool? I just want to, I just want to win a game by more than one goal. And have like five dollars by halftime, we should be coasting and be fine. We were up to nothing. Everything was going great. And then Allison got sent off for a handball outside the box, which was it tactical? What would you call what you call that? I think you just forgot he was outside the box <laughs> and instinct took over. Really, there's nothing I think he's just like, oh shit, I'm not I mean in the box. Oh well. It is difficult when you take a Hollywood comedian and put her into a Premier League match. Yeah, go for Alison Becker on Twitter. She's fantastic. She uh, was in Parts and Rec and a bunch of college humor sketches. She's great. And has taken this whole people tweeting at her thing in stride and it's hilarious. Anyway, she I think she apologized for the hand, handball side of the box too. <laughs> so, and, and said thank you for winning the uh, Yashin Award at the Ballon d'Or. Yep, so. best goalkeeper. And she, I mean, she earned it, honestly. Right. right, right. <laughs> Adrian comes in, spends, um, I would roughly say about 75 years building a wall for the free tick. And the ref's <laughs> like, you know what, mate? Let's just go. And they score because no one was set. And it's like, oh, here's the last 20 minutes. I'm just going to take years off my life. Yeah. And it ended up being fine, but and we're still in first. But I'm a Liverpool fan. I'm a Minnesota football uh, gopher fan. And. Loons fan, like I'm, I expect the worst every single time. I don't do a, a match. There's a series on Netflix called The Losers, and there's a they, they follow people at every episode of who have lost and how they come back from that. And one episode is about Torte United. Mm-hmm. There's a Torte fan, and the first like minute it goes, anyone who goes to a full football match match expecting to win is an idiot. And I completely <laughs> agree with that statement. <laughs> that line is like so, so true to me. me. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, I saw that on Twitter and watched the series just because of that. But hey, let's talk about. Uh, by the way, Liverpool nine points ahead now. I think so. Uh, Man City won today. 
against uh, Burnley, 4-1. I think they're back in second above Leicester. I think for about 9-9, maybe 10, something like that. I don't know. Uh, City only managed to tie Newcastle 2-2 on their own, <laughs> scoring his first assist in the Premier League. Tottenham scored three against Bournemouth, who could only respond with two. Jose Mourinho has taken over as their coach and gets the win, thanks to a ball boy who threw the ball back in really quick. Oh, that was in Champions League. Oh, right. was that was that ball boy? There? It's all just it was. It's been it's been a whirlwind ever since he got hired, really. <laughs> really but nice. I want to point out Bournemouth. Uh, the two goals were by Harry Wilson, who's on loan from Liverpool. Cannot wait until next year he's back with with Liverpool. He's gonna be just a firebrand in the tat. I do want to say I don't want people to start saying that Josie came to Tottenham and suddenly just turned them around because they are a good team that made it to the you know Champions League final, they and lost. they were yeah they did lose, but they made it to that final. <laughs> And they, like, some had wonderful games up against Barcelona. They weren't doing horribly in the Champions League. They were just kind of having, like, poor results in the EPL. So it's not like Josie's a, a, a genius. And anybody who thinks, like, he's your savior, man, like, he's the freaking Antichrist, and I'm, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, you just said that Tottenham was a good team. How do you feel? Are you okay? Are you going to be okay? You're sweating a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he is the League of Shadows, Jose. <laughs> Hey, Leicester City beat Everton 2-1 at Goodison Park. Uh, David Moyes rumored to be coming into Everton now that uh, sure. they fired Marco Silva. <laughs> or have they fired Marco No, Mar- he's still there. Yeah, but he may not be very much no. longer. No, I think he'll be done after Wednesday when Liverpool beat them. The guy who did get fired is Kike Sanchez-Flores. Uh, <laughs> That's right. And he looks like House MD. I'd never noticed this before, but really, he mm-hmm. really does. Yeah. Uh, he's good. Now he's free to do Minus the, the cane. Yeah. But, yeah. And he was there for two months. Whoever Watford hired next to be the third manager of the season. So, yeah, good, good for them for doing that. Didn't they rehire Kike Sanchez for us? Yeah, he was here last year. Or right. there last year. Yeah, exactly. Manchester United uh, tied Aston Villa 2-2. Oli saying you, that they're closer yeah. to winning than losing. That mm, They were pretty lucky to win, I think. Or to draw. I think Aston Villa were the better team. Jack Grealish's goal was fantastic. And uh, Tyrone Maines... Um, with the equalizer after Manchester United scored two unanswered. Uh, thought it was going to be offside, so didn't celebrate. Which, but in the post game said, uh, if he had celebrated, it would have been in honor of Benetophobe and his family. Benetophobe, footballer who lost their daughter recently, and it sucks. And I think that's speaks for all of us when our thoughts and good vibes are out to him and his family. Uh, wanted to, on a lighter note, talk a little bit about a comedian who put up a sketch. Well, it's a short, very short, like Vine-like video on Twitter about how analysts talk about Manchester United and their struggles, and they're like, and why they still trust Manchester United turned it around. He's just like, he's like, well, you know, the thing is, this is this is a big club we're talking about, Manchester United. <laughs> this is Manchester United, theater of dreams, Manchester United. We're talking Manchester. This is Manchester United. Go find it. It's <laughs> fucking hilarious, <laughs> and it's just like him repeating, it's Manchester United. And, and that is that's really true like you're really putting their reputation up top at this point they've been shit now for like the better part of a decade yeah since like 13 right and and besides their time with Ferguson they haven't really been amazing they, I mean with Matt Busby perhaps but like it was they, they don't they're not some like storied big club like they might not recover from I mean this. teams I've talked about dynasties a lot in American sports and certain European sports as well. But look at, for example, look at uh, Lyon, Olympic Lyon, one that was the PSG for that of that lead in the early two thousands, mm-hmm. and now they're fourth or fifth. 
every year, and PSG is at the top. It ebbs and flows with these things. Liverpool and Man City are now at the top of Premier League, and Manchester United, who once was, were there, are struggling and toiling. And you can't just rely on reputation alone. Um, Ed Woodward has done nothing good for that club since coming in as director, and the hires that he's made as coach have not been good. The signings he's made have been, pushed him even better off just lighting a match and lighting his money on fire and the Glazers don't care yeah. and, and to your point back when I was growing up the teams that were competing with Manchester United for the top title were Leeds United and Arsenal Arsenal who tied Norwich 2-2 and fired Unai Emery as a result and have appointed Freddie Jungberg as interim coach yeah I guess if they're getting they're either getting draws or losses and it's Pierre Aubameyang who's like keeping them afloat and Orlock is at um, honestly, I think this is them just saying, like, finally acknowledging they've had so many fires in the house and throwing a wool blanket on the one that's easiest, which is fire Luna Henry. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that's the so best analogy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. It, like, and it, it doesn't put out the other ones, which is why they got the draw even after firing Unai. They have a lot of work to do, too. Yeah. Um, that Ozil contract still on their necks. Um, I mean, Pierre, as good as Aubameyang and uh, Lachis have been, signing both of them in one window have really set this team back financially for a while. There's definitely be a mass sale or match exodus of players or something to try and balance the butch there because they're. I think it will be not the, doing well. I, I can I can see the mass exodus happening. Also, like look at the like the the moves they made. David Luiz, like that's like putting that's like putting accelerant on fires. Yeah. <laughs> not, we need water. Here's this gasoline. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, we do have we have Lundberg now. Like he's the OG Sounders. Something that was brought to my radar. This was before my time of watching the Sounders. Swedish player also played. He was in the MLS All Stars as well. You know, I I hope for the best that the, that he at least could bring him up into the top four, maybe top three. But I don't see any trophies happening this year. I don't see. I don't see any silverware. No, I don't see that e- either. Where's um, the rum? Um, all right let's move on to a segment that we call they don't call it soccer uh but in brackets some do though where we talk about soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't talked about already first up zlatan ibrahimovic has bought (laughs) has bought a stake in um aeg sweden is that the name of his island (laughs) AEG <laughs> is the investment group that owns LA Galaxy, of course, and they are all, and also own Hammarby in the Swe- in the Swedish league. Uh, so he's now a partner in Hammarby, and this meant that fans of his youth club Malmo uh, burned a statue that had existed uh, of him only since October in uh, in Malmo and rioted in front of I think his house or something. It's very strange stuff. Mal- Malmo and Hammarby, I mean, they they are the two strongest teams in Sweden, but they don't like they're not rivals. So, so Hammerby's mascot is a sexy lion. <laughs> Actually, a dog, a cute, adorable dog. Okay, that's a little too weird. I don't want to make any jokes about that. <laughs> I, I, I guess I feel sorry for the model that was being his mistress that week that she got caught in the crossfire. I don't know. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to say? I don't, I don't have empathy for the man. <laughs> hey, um, also I should mention. Speaking of buying teams, City Football t- Lee. Uh, not league, City Football Group, City Football Championship, no, uh, City Football Group has bought a majority stake in Mumbai City FC of the Indian Super League. They have agreed to take on a 65% stake in the club. So um, that's my local team from where I grew up, Mumbai. Uh, hoping to go to a match of theirs this winter, actually. Oh, uh, nice. I, I, mixed feelings about this. 
And I had a question for you guys. The City Football Group owns several teams, and I'm going to give you some names of some teams, and you get to tell me whether they are um, part of the City Football <laughs> Group empire. I love a quiz. Or they're not. Okay? Um, ready? Yeah. yeah. Uh, can just are, are we going next to each other? Or uh, is no, this... no. This, okay. is, this, this is a guess. You, you, can, you can both give me answers. Okay. First of all, let me, let me give you an uh, easy one. Melbourne City FC. Real. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yes, you're both right. Uh, here's another one. Uh, Defensor Libertad. Real? No. Caleb got it. It is, <laughs> it is, it is not, in fact, a club that is uh, owned by CFG. Yokohama Marinos. Yokohama no. F Marinos. Oh, that changes everything completely. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. No. They are. They're oh, part okay. of the city football group. Uh, how about... Uh, Gaine Totori. Real. N- no. Nope. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm feeling this. Uh, how about Club Atletico Torque? Real. Torque? No. Yes, they are real. <laughs> from, from Uruguay, actually. Oh, I was like, Torque. Uh, I think I'm just they're... very gullible. Like, everything, <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything sure. that sounds remotely like Spanish, I'm just like, yup. Sichuan Jinui from China. No. Yes. I don't think they, they are in the <laughs> oh, city football group. And finally, Girona in Spain. Yes. Yeah. I know. Yeah, they sure, are. Yeah. So yeah, it's New York City FC, Melbourne City, Yokohama Marinos Club, Atletico Torque, Girona, Sichua Ginui, and of course, Mumbai City FC. City football group. They're going to take over everything. Cool. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about Bundesliga now, where Borussia Mugladbach tips top of the table are number one. <laughs> Whoa, careful. Yeah, right. Let's put those drinks. <laughs> uh, they are up top with 28 points. One point behind is RB Leipzig. And in third are Schalke. What? Yeah, Schalke jumped a lot of points this weekend uh, with their win over Union Berlin. I, I was rooting for the underdog in, in that, but, you know, we had a U.S. men's national team player starting up for Schalke. So, you know, he can root for both sides. Yeah. Uh, and you have Bayern in fourth place and Dortmund in fifth Freiburg in sixth. Paderborn uh, lost to Leipzig 3-2. Uh, you mentioned, Sasha, that Schalke beat Union Berlin 2-1. Dortmund beat Hertha BSE 2-1. And this was Jurgen Klinsmann's first job as interim head coach of Hertha BSE. And in true Jurgen fashion, he played as center back as a striker. That was not true, but you believe it for a It's true now. Put yeah. it in Wikipedia. So, um, it's Jermaine Jones available. No, right. he's retired. <laughs> Still. Um, Matt Sommel was sent off in the 45th minute in the first half for a second yellow. But uh, Jaden Sancho and Thorgan Hazard scored to give Dortmund the win. By the way, Jaden Sancho benched for Barca's 3-1 defeat of Dortmund. He was benched by Lucien Favre because he was late to a team meeting and missing during team breakfast and midday training. Rumors of a transfer. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Rumors of a transfer to Liverpool, and this is Sancho oh. acting oh. out to get it done. <laughs> Don't tease me like that, Notch. Also, I should mention that in this game, Hertha BSC equalized 2-2, but the goal was called back for offside. Rightfully so. Mugladbach tips beating SC Freiburg because they beat Freiburg 4-2. <laughs> Lillian Thuram's son. You guys watch Lillian Thuram, French goal player? No. Uh, anyway, he I believe he won the World Cup with France in 1998. He was a big French player growing up for me to watch. And so his son is actually now the top goal scorer for um, Gladbach. Makes me feel old. And uh, Freiburg came back 
quickly to, but uh to to equalize after uh Marcus Thuram's goal which I think is like the third he scored in the third minute they scored in the sixth but they were quickly down 3-1 and it just got worse from from there for Freiburg hey Bayer Leverkusen managed to beat Bayern 2-1 this is an insane back and forth game yeah uh Leon Bailey is really really fast uh the Jamaican winner stored both of Bayer's goals both coming off uh when Bayer won the ball, ten cent- less than 10 seconds later, they had stored after they had won the ball in both goals. Yeah, those turnarounds are clinical. It was almost like watching the same play twice. It's like they practice <laughs> those exact like, moments. Like, like, oh yeah, and then we go here, you go here, you're here, and then it'll pass up here and you'll store. Like, it was just so like methodical the way that they did it. Yeah, it was pretty insane. Manuel Lauer also had a moment of craziness where he tried to dribble the ball in the in his own third and near the the sweeper line. Keeper, it was insane. Sweeper keeper. Jonathan Tah gets sent off in the 81st minute for Bayer, but they hold on to the lead under a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Hey, a bit of a you know we don't we don't cover Syria on this podcast because of all their racism issues. Don't think it's worthy, but there was a bit of news that we should mention this week. Yeah, uh, all 20 clubs. Um, in Syria have written an open letter asking for help in dealing with the issue of racism in their lead. Um, reports from, I read it on ESPN FC, uh, read, read the full letter there, uh, but this effort was spearheaded by AC Milan and their leadership there. Should also mention that recently there has been a non-political, or I should say a movement not aligned with any specific political party called the Sardines, um, to oppose Matteo Salvini's far-right leagues party, uh, which was the dominant party until very recently in Italy. Salvini is their most popular politician. He's a right-wing nationalist nutcase. A um, lot of, like, typical, you know, alt-right talking points and um, far-right anti-immigrant rhetoric. Says a lot of inflammatory stuff. And he was on the populist rise. However, uh, there was a, a city that's typically been the home to the Italian left. I forget its name. And they were planning to have this far-right rally in the city where these four guys, students who lived in an apartment, decided that they wanted to do something about it. They were like, we don't want these people in our town. Decided to organize a rally. So many people showed up that they completely took over the square that this uh, league's party rally was supposed to take place. And it was so packed that they called themselves the Sardines. And now there's this Sardines movement that's breaking out all over Italy. Um, which is opposing this kind of far-right nationalism. And it's expressly not been associated with any political parties. So I mentioned that because I don't think it's any coincidence that the rise of Salvini, the rise of anti-immigrant rhetoric has brought Italian racism in football stadiums um, to the fore. I think whether you think that it's more brazenly expressed or more people looking for this kind of stuff, I think the two are linked. So it's kind of nice to see that there are people in Italy deciding that enough is enough with this area. And that city was Florence that they were in. Sure. So, anyway, just a little bit of news. But, uh, hey, it's time for us to end this podcast and go off to where we go when it's over. Um, I don't go anywhere. I stay here in my <laughs> house. Uh, so, hey, where can the good people find you on Twitter? I'm at Olsen 716 Also, thanks to Tectonics and of their song, Lustless. Find their newest songs, uh, Leech and the other one I can't remember the name of. You know, just looked up before we started recording on Ben Camp and SoundCloud. Pay what you want. And I am at Pickup Line, like Mufasa and Simba. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at Lockstock Spock. You can find this podcast at TW United Fans. We need a producer, so if you can edit audio, you like hanging out uh, and watching some soccer, and you know, 
arguing about soccer and maybe even making a few cameo appearances on our sketches. And if you're confused about the word championship and what does it really mean? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and if bonus. you want to clarify it for us, because we're very confused right now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and Nick, you know, our former producer would also like to know. So, hey, if you would like to produce a show, let us know. It's it's a whole bunch of fun to hang out with me, Caleb, and Sasha. So we'd love to have you join us. Um, our podcast can be found on fine podcast providers everywhere. So if you have friends who you would like to introduce to the show, you can do it that way. And with that, that's all from us this week. See you next Wednesday. All right. Bye. Feed me with your bitter lies masquerade.